Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. Hey, how are y'all doing? Everybody ready for a great day? Amen. We're wrapping up our seven-week series on 40 Days of Prayer today. And I just want to mention to you, we're starting a brand new series in two weeks from today. And if y'all, you'll uh, look at the screen, there's a little bit more information about our brand new series that's coming up. They are the decisions. They are the backbone of our daily life. Every day we make decisions, and every decision has consequences. Some consequences are greater than others, but all of them are a result of the decisions we make each day. Beginning on Sunday, March 1st, we will begin a brand new series where we consider some valuable decisions that each of us must make if we are truly going to live lives that are pleasing to God. Beginning on March 1st, we dare to ask the question, What if? What if I truly made a decision? What if I committed fully? What if I gave God my very best? What if I put God and his kingdom first? What if I surrendered my calendar to God? What if I shared my faith? What if we took some of these life-changing decisions And we asked, what does God truly want in my life? What if I let his word challenge me? What if I chose to live differently? What if I become consumed by the things that really matter? What if I choose to make a difference? What if the decisions I make today transform my tomorrow into something greater, something better, something more? What if? What if? All right, looks good, doesn't it? Make sure you're here. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be five great weeks. So welcome to week number seven of our current series and the final message of the series, 40 Days of Prayer. Uh, Over the last seven weeks, we've covered in week one a 2020 vision to grow. Week two, a beginner's guide to prayer. Week three, faithful in prayer. Week four, my exceeding great reward. Week five, praying in five dimensions. Last week, when God says no. And today, we're going to wrap up with this message. Praise is my weapon. Praise is my weapon. Amen. Amen. Now, praise. It is a subject that is scattered all throughout the Old and the New Testaments. From individuals who were champions of praise to corporate expressions of praise and worship, uh, whether it was done in worship or in battle by the children of Israel. Acts chapter 16 tells us one of those many stories. For example, the story goes that Paul and Silas were thrown into jail and at midnight they began to pray and to sing praises to the Lord. They could be heard all throughout the jail, and all of a sudden, God responded by shaking the prison to its very foundation, removing the chains off of all the prisoners, and at the very end, they were set free 
because praise was their weapon. Amen. Now the Bible says that we are created to have a relationship with God. We've spent the last six weeks talking about how prayer can enhance that relationship and how prayer is what keeps it alive. But there's another weapon at our disposal that I want to wrap this series up and talk about here today. There's another tool in our bag as believers that works hand in hand with prayer. It's a weapon that not only brings God great pleasure, but it's a weapon that we can use against our enemy. It is worship and praise. Can the church say amen to that? I'd like you to turn with me to our text, Psalm chapter 34 and verse 1. Psalm 34 and verse 1. I got a lot of Bible for you today, as it should be. Amen. Psalm chapter 34 and verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Amen. Now King David who wrote the psalm that we just read. He wrote it during a difficult time in his life. And he had learned that praise helped him get strength from God in his trials and praise helped him to silence his enemies. And because the devil launches so many attacks against us as children of God, the Lord has given you and I this critical weapon that will stand strong in the face of every assault and silence the enemy every single time. Amen. Now, we need to not only recognize and value this weapon individually and privately, but we've also got to recognize its force and its power when we come together and corporately praise and worship the Lord. Amen. Worship service is not a time to just be filing into the building and trying to find a seat. It's not a time to be wandering the hallways. Come on. It's not a time to just sit and listen to other people sing. Can I get a little help here today? Amen. It's a time that we go to war with our weapon of praise. And Life Church, we need to lift up our weapon of praise every time we get an opportunity. Amen. I want you to notice the words of David in Psalm chapter 8 and verse 1. He says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nerfing infants, you have ordained strength. Because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. David said, you've ordained strength. Now, notice these next words of Jesus as he's entering into Jerusalem. It says that he came into the city and the people began to realize who he was. The Bible says that they began to enthusiastically praise him. Matthew 21 and verse 15. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant and said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, 
Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise? Now notice, David said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have ordained strength. While Jesus said, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. Now, Jesus didn't misquote David. Rather, he's kind of interpreting this scripture and explaining it a little bit for us, that truth that David had discovered, and that is this. There is a supernatural, ordained strength that is loosed in our lives when we learn how to praise and worship God. Amen? See, your act of praise is bigger than you are because praise is a weapon that connects with a God who is bigger than we are. Praise accomplishes what we cannot accomplish on our own because it is a spiritual weapon that is launched at the enemy and it demolishes his strength and it silences his voice. See, David had learned that in this process of daily life, we get attacked day in and day out. And as long as David was praising God, situations involving his enemies were turned around. He understood that his ordained strength was praise. 1 Samuel 16 and verse 23 said, And so it was, whenever the Spirit of God was upon Saul, that David would take a harp and play it with his hand. Then, notice, Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. Don't miss this. David, because he was a worshiper, because he knew how to praise God, it said that he would come and when the Spirit of God was upon Saul, David would take a harp and play it with his hand. And when Saul was in the presence of a worshiper, Saul was refreshed, Saul was made well, and the distressing spirits that were attacking him would have to leave. Not because of Saul's praise, come on somebody, but because of David's praise. David's worship not only blessed him, but it blessed Saul, and it drove the evil spirits away. Oh, I'm going to preach before I'm done here today. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6, David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. David learned that in desperate situations of life, just like a child, we need to turn to our father. Because the simplicity of a childlike response of praise is the most powerful weapon that God has given us that we can unleash to fight our enemy. It is our praise and our worship. Psalm 149 verse 6 through verse 9 says, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all the saints. Praise the Lord. Did you know it's an honor to be called a saint of God? And did you know one of the honors that accompanies that is our right to give praise and worship unto the Lord? See, our praise is a weapon coupled with the Word of God that the Bible says, and the verses I just read to you, says it executes vengeance, punishes, 
binds and executes judgment on our enemies. This is an honor that belongs to the saints of God. Folks, the Bible is filled with praise. With so many commandments and exhortations in the Bible to praise God, and after all that He has done for us, who among among us in our right minds would not give praise to God with exuberance and passion for all He has done for us? Amen? Now see, some of the words for praise in the Bible actually have different meanings. Here are just a few of the ways that David found to praise God and to silence his enemy. Psalm 113 and verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. There's a word there. It means halal. It means to make a show, to boast, to be clamorously foolish, to rave. Halal. To make a show, to boast. To be clamorously foolish and to rave. Psalm 115 and verse 18. It is we who extol the Lord both now and forevermore. Praise the Lord. The word there is barak. It means to kneel in adoration. Psalm 116 and verse 2. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The word there is karah. It means to call out, to preach, to proclaim, to cry unto. Amen. Come on, somebody, Psalm 116 and verse 17. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. The word is tadah. It means a choir of worshipers with upraised hands. Hallelujah. Psalm 117 and verse 1, praise the Lord all you nations, extol him all you peoples. The word there is shabak. It means to address in a loud tone. Triumph and glory. Hallelujah. Psalm 118 and verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. The word there is Yadah. It means to worship with extended hands. Somebody lift your hands up right now. Oh, come on somebody. Hallelujah. Praise is your weapon. Psalm 118 and verse 24, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. The word there is gil. You know what it means? To spin around under the influence of violent emotion. Not me. Psalm 118 and verse 28, you are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. The word there is room. It means to exalt, to extol, to lift up, and to set on high. Now, check this out. Here's what I want you to notice. All of these biblical forms of worship and praise demand a response through your mouth or through your motions. Through your mouth or through your motions? Now, this is not talking about those quiet times of worship and prayer that we all enjoy so much. And I enjoy those times as well. But I'm talking about biblical praise involves the whole man, your body, your soul, your spirit. Amen. This is how we fight our battles. Amen. David said it is your ordained source of strength. You show me a love relationship and I'll show you a relationship that has emotions. People say, well, I'm not the emotional type. Yes, you are. What you really mean is you're only emotional about the things that are important to you. 
if I go out and key your car right now, you're going to get a little emotional. If somebody smacked your kid, you would get a little emotional. If somebody insulted your spouse, you would get emotional. I remember there was a preacher that insulted my wife the first year we got married. And can I tell you that it still makes me mad when I think about it. 30 years later. Thank you, Brother Gerald. I got a little applause over there from the one honest man in the house. Amen. Because you don't talk bad about my girl. You know why? There's emotion coupled in this relationship. The Bible tells us that there's only one kind of person that is exempt from the command to praise the Lord. Did you know there's Bible? You have a pass. It's Psalm 115 and verse 17. The dead cannot sing praises to the Lord. For they have gone into the silence of the grave. Folks, you can call me a lot of things, but I'm not dead. And as long as there is still breath in this body, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Somebody give him a praise right now. Oh, come on, Life Church. This is still a church that claps our hands. We raise our hands. We dance for the Lord. We shout and we give God praise. Hallelujah! 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 Don't tell me you're not emotional and you got to get emotional about Jesus. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Psalm 146, 147, 148, and 149 all begin and end with the same phrase Praise ye the Lord. Then in a final declaration of praise, Psalm 150 says this. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty works. Praise Him for His unequaled greatness. You know what? I'm going to slow down. You read it with me. You ready? Praise Him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise Him with the lyre and the harp. Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with strings and flutes. Praise Him with a clash of cymbals. Praise Him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Folks, I don't want to disappoint you, but heaven's not going to be some quiet library or a bunch of monks in silent meditation. Praise is going to be up there. There's going to be people blasting ram's horns. There's going to be shofars blowing, tambourines playing, people dancing. That's it. Let's give them a praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Come on, praise is your weapon. And a weapon's only good if you use it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People say, oh, that's just contemporary worship. No, it's not. It's Bible worship. It's Bible worship. Amen. Heaven's going to be loud. Heaven's going to be celebratory. Heaven's going to be exciting. If you don't like loud... If you don't like dancing, if you don't like shouting, if you don't like people clapping their hands or raising their hands, then you might not like heaven. So let everything that has breath praise the Lord. 
See, I think we forget that our mouth is at the center of spiritual warfare. Your mouth can either launch the devil's weapons or God's weapons. Revelation 16, verse 13, check this out. Then I saw three impure spirits that looked like frogs. They came out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. See, the enemy understands how to use the mouth to engage in warfare. You ought to know how to use your mouth to engage in warfare, amen? That's why the Bible says, by the way, that out of the abundance of the heart, what? The mouth speaks. What is in your heart comes out of your mouth. Proverbs 18, 21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, amen? Joel 3 and 10 says, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. I'm here to tell Life Church today, some of you need to get your voice back. Get your voice back. Let the weak say, I am strong. See, God didn't keep Joseph from the pit, but he could have. He didn't keep Daniel from the lion's den, but he could have. He didn't keep the Hebrew boys from the fiery furnace. He didn't keep Paul and Silas from the prison. But because they all started praising God in the middle of their situation, instead of pouting, God walked with them through their situation. So my question is, which weapon will you launch? Are you going to praise instead of panic? Are you going to sing instead of sulk? Are you going to worship instead of worry? Are you going to shout for joy instead of shout in fear? Come on, somebody. Because God fights for you. Praise is your weapon. David wrote in Psalm 103 that we should bless the Lord. And you know what? He wasn't just saying we should bless the Lord because of past benefits. He was saying that we, as we bless the Lord, we actually walk in those benefits. Look at Psalm 103, 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Why? Forget not all his benefits. Why should I praise in verse 3? Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? David says, don't forget. Don't forget what? Benefits of forgiveness, verse 3. Benefits of healing, verse 3. Benefits of redemption, verse 4. Benefits of loving kindness and mercy, verse 4. Benefits of satisfaction and restoration, verse 5. See, David also uncovers the secret to silencing the enemy in Psalm 34. And that is, if you want to make the enemy look small, make God look big with your praise. Hallelujah. So you can't make God any bigger. But we can make God look bigger in our own estimation when we magnify Him and give Him praise. 
Psalm 34, verse 1 through 4, our text. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. You see, praise doesn't change God's power, but it does change your perspective. Magnify the Lord in praise. So you have a choice to make. Your mouth can either launch the weapons of the devil to defeat you or the weapons of praise to give you victory. One more story here before we wrap up. Because I want a spirit of praise to break out in this house. Come on, hallelujah. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we find the people of Israel about to be attacked by invading armies. Turn to 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 9. Matter of fact, they're about to be invaded by three armies. And Jehoshaphat begins to cry out to the Lord. And look at verse 9. Here's what he said. If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Now check out, don't miss what Jehoshaphat said in verse 9. He said, we are in a really bad jam, but God, no matter how bad it gets, we're going to cry out to you in our distress. We all know how to cry out in distress. Matter of fact, we're really good at it. Woe is me. Bad times are coming. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression. Excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. That's from the first chapter of Hee-Haw. Amen. I can actually sing that song for you, but I won't. And that's really sad, isn't it? Amen. (laughs) But check it out. Old Jehoshaphat says, we don't know what to do. But one good thing, our eyes are on you. We don't know what's next, but our eyes are on you. Thank God they were focused on the right place. Their eyes were on the Lord. Then, now check this out, then the Spirit of the Lord fell on one of the Levites, and this is what he said. Now, Jehoshaphat's ready to cry out, but he's ready to cry out in distress. But check out what the Levites said, verse 15. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and Levites are priests, by the way. He said, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. 
He said, first of all, first of all, Jehoshaphat, take a chill pill. Relax. God's got a word from you, for you. This battle is not yours, it's God's. Stop worrying, stop focusing on the army that is in front of you. God's got this in control. Now he keeps going and he gives them some instructions. Here's what you got to do. Verse 16, tomorrow march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerel. Verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. Don't miss this part though. You don't have to fight, but you still got to take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow. Come on, I need to tell somebody right now, you need to get back to your position. Get back to your position. Quit hiding in the corner, amen. You are a child of God. Take up your position, go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Now, they still don't know what's going to happen. To me, if I'm one of the worry wards, this is sounding a whole lot like you better get ready to fight. I thought you said God was going to fight. Why do you want me to go take my battle position? Why do you want me to go down there and face them tomorrow? He said, you're not going to need to fight in this battle, but you still got to position yourself. You've still got to set yourself. You still need to face them. But you need to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Verse 18. So Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites, thank God for the preachers, then some Levites from the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. They worshiped and praised the Lord with a very loud voice when? Before the victory took place. You got to praise God. Before it happens, somebody. Come on. If you want victory, you need to praise the Lord while you're in the middle of your battle. Amen. You need to praise the Lord while you're facing down the three army foe. Verse 20. So early in the morning they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, notice, he's had a night to sleep on this. He just had the preacher stand up and praise God the night before. Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Now, I don't know what their typical warfare plan was. I'm sure, though, it wasn't singers and worshipers at the front lines. 
But Jehoshaphat said, things are going to be done a little bit different here today, boys. We're going to send out singers and worshipers, and they are going to be at the front lines, at the head of our army. And they're going to be giving thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. They traded their spears and their swords for a praise team to lead them into battle. Now, don't miss this. Now, everybody wants a preacher. Not everybody wants a pastor. I'm going to be your pastor here for just five minutes. Is that all right? Notice, he said to sing to the Lord and to praise Him for His holiness. Now, let me say something right here. And I say this with love because I've been guilty of it too. Praise and worship service is not to make you feel God. It is not designed to edify you. It is not designed to lift you out of the mully grubs, although that's usually what happens. Hear me. Praise and worship is not about your favorite song or your personal genre of music. It is about what he said, singing to the Lord and worshiping him for his holiness. Now I'm going to help you right now. Because we always talk about how culture affects us. But I want to tell you something else that affects us. Church culture has affected us too. We are the 21st century Western church. Don't overthink this. Don't over-spiritualize this. Because I get annoyed when people say to me, I don't get anything out of worship service. You know why? Because you're a 21st century Western Christian. And you are thinking with your consumer mindset. I want to remind you what the scripture says. It's not about you. It's not for you. It is for Him. Oh! Hallelujah! We have become guilty in 2020 of becoming so focused on us that we forget that worship is not about us. It's about Him. Can I just be honest with you as a preacher, as a pastor for 25 years, and tell you that we have made worship a crutch in the 21st century church? We act like we can't even receive the Word of God Unless worship is exactly like we want it, at the volume that we like it, with the kind of songs that we prefer, with words on the giant screen, sitting in our padded chair, with the temperature on four thermostats at exactly 69 degrees. Tell that to the underground church. Tell that to the believers in China and Iraq that can't even sing out loud for fear of losing their lives. And we sit here and we get mad because it ain't black enough or it's too this or it's too that or I don't like that kind of music or I don't like that worship leader. The drums are too loud. The key, come on somebody. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. Somebody give him a praise right now. Oh, hallelujah. I've come to praise you, God. I've come to praise you, God. Hallelujah. 
Tell that to people who are lucky if they can even sing a cappella, much less with a band. Shame on us for acting like we need a praise team to drag us into the presence of the Lord for 30 minutes just so I can preach to you for 40 minutes and you go home hopefully feeling blessed. Do you realize, see when you look at it, do you realize how silly it sounds? Can I just be honest and say, how immature are we as believers anyway? Truth be told, I know I can't do it because this is a 21st century Western church. Truth be told, I ought to be able to walk out onto this stage at 11 o'clock with a Bible in my hand, no instruments on this platform, and preach for about 90 minutes or two hours to people that are hungry to hear the Word of God and then run to the altar and pray. You shouldn't need music to be a crutch in your life. Amen. Praise is our weapon. It's our weapon. It's our weapon. But you know what we have instead at 11 o'clock? We got people wandering around the hallways, drinking coffee, catching up with their buddies. About 11.15, we all drag in here. Are they done yet? Are they done yet? Jehoshaphat said, put the praise and the singers at the front of the army. Are they done yet? Can't we give God 90 minutes of uninterrupted attention once a week on a Sunday morning and remember it's not about us? It's not about us. Now if you're offended by this, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not trying to offend you, but I'm trying to make us grow up. Can I just be honest with you? I don't even like all the songs that they sing up here. And I'm the pastor. (laughs) If it was up to me, we'd sing Ron Cannoli and Andre Crouch every service. Amen. But check this out. That's just because that's what I like. And since when did what I like determine what happens in our worship service? Oh, I'm in the deep weeds now. I'm in the deep weeds now. Well, I worship when Eddie's singing, but I'm not worshiping when Lisa sings. Or I worship when Lisa sings, but don't let Jordan sing. He's too young. Or I worship when Jordan sings because I like young people. I like that. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. So while I'm on this soapbox and I've already offended some of you, will you please make sure you are in this building at 11 o'clock ready to get your praise on? Come on, don't make me lock the cafe because you ain't a big enough man or woman to get in here and get your praise on. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. It's about him. End of soapbox. So what did Jehoshaphat say in verse 21? Sing to the Lord and praise Him for the splendor of His holiness. That's it, folks. Not when it's your favorite song, which, by the way, they actually did sing my favorite current song today. It's not about that, though. It's about Him. 
Look at 2 Chronicles 20, verse 22. As they began to sing and praise, hallelujah, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. Now check this out. Now this is a wild battle. The Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. The three armies had come together to attack Israel and the worship and the praise had so confused them that they began to attack one another. And the children of Israel were standing in their positions watching the whole thing unfold. Verse 23, after they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. The only weapon the Israelites had raised were their voices. The only weapon the Israelites had raised was their worship and their praise. I believe it's time for Life Church to get reacquainted with the power of a shout, with the power of praise, with the power of worship in your life. Praise always brings confusion to the enemy's camp. When they began to worship, the Lord began to set up ambushes. And those men ended up fighting each other until they were only dead bodies laying around. Come on, folks. Your praise is your weapon. Praise team and musicians, come on up here. See, this is one of the mysteries of our worship and praise. Praise to God brings down His presence, causes Him to show His greatness. King Jehoshaphat and his people organized in worship according to God's directive and they began to praise God even when the enemies were already close to them. Three nations against one. Yet they believed that by praise they would have the victory. They had to go from crying in distress to crying in praise. And not only is praise your weapon, now check this out, praise is also your reward. This is one reason we've gotten the way we have in the 21st century church. Because praise is a reward. Because I'm going to tell you right now, every time I come to church, if I stop thinking about myself for a few minutes and I start worshiping and blessing the name of the Lord, I inevitably get blessed. Look what happened after the Lord wiped out the enemy of the people of God. Not just their weapon, now it's reward time. Everybody say reward time. Second Chronicles 20 verse 25. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder. <laughs> and they have found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. A day for each army. <laughs> so much plunder. It took three days to collect. Now, you might not know this, but check this out. If you went up against a particular enemy that you had fought before and they had defeated you, guess what was one of their tactics? They would bring spoil from the last defeat and they would use it to taunt you. Hey, Rodney, remember the last time we fought? I took this from you. Na, 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 boo, boo. Hey, Israel, 
Remember the last time we met in battle? You see all this gold? You see that woman over there? Yeah, she was your wife. Now she's my wife. See those children over there? Those were your sons and daughters. Now they're my slaves. And it would strike fear in the armies. But this time, they went and they began to gather. And you know what? I wonder, I wonder if while they were gathering, they're walking around. That's my handkerchief. I lost that handkerchief four years ago. They took that from me in the last battle that we lost. But now, God's given me the victory, and He's also given me some of my stuff back that I lost the last time around. I want you to stand with me all over this house. Some of you, your praise is not only the key to your victory, your praise is the key to your reward. God wants to give you back some of the things that the enemy has taken from you. He wants to give you back your joy. He wants to give you back your victory. He wants to give you back your purpose. He wants to give you back your dream. Praise is the key. It not only helps you take new ground, it helps you recover stuff from your past. The Bible says there was so much reward, it took them three days to get all the stuff that praise had won for them. Hallelujah. When you worship, you always get back more than you lost. Hallelujah. You always get back more than you give. And folks, the ultimate expression of praise is when you allow God to take control of your mouth and fill you with the baptism of His Spirit. Amen. And today, I'm going to open up this altar. Some of us have been praying and crying and worrying and fretting. You've been like Jehoshaphat was pre-Levite, crying out in distress. I want you to know, the battle is not yours, it is the Lord's. You need to turn that cry of distress into a cry of praise. Hallelujah. I'm going to open up this altar, and I want to invite you to come. If you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can come down and you can begin to praise God and He will fill you with His Spirit. If you are discouraged, you can come down here and lift up your battle cry and God will lift you up and take you out. Amen. So I'm going to ask the praise team to step forward. Come on up front. And folks, we're in a battle. So I'm calling on the praise team to stand at the front of the army. And I want you to join me. I want you to come to this altar. And I want you to lift your voice in praise. And I want you to say, God, I'm not going to silence my mouth for nobody. I'm going to give you my best praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Come on, Life Church. We got to get our praise back. We got to get our praise back.
culture, no music at all. Because we don't need music to be our crutch. We got Jesus. Do we have 60 seconds of praise without a band? Oh, and without a music team behind us? Come on, somebody. fill this house yeah 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 I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth my soul shall make her boast in the Lord hallelujah that's it that's it that's it come on come on come on come on come on let's break the yoke of praise let's do it right now hallelujah 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 my praise is my weapon. My praise is my weapon. Woo! Hallelujah! We give you praise, Almighty God. We give you praise, Almighty God. I lift my hands to you. Hallelujah! 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 We're the people of your name, and we lift you up. We're the people of your name. We are not ashamed to bless you. We are not ashamed to praise you. Hallelujah. 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 That's it, Life Church. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's it. Yeah. This is Bible praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I bless you. I worship you. Hallelujah. 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 I once was blind, but now I see. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I cried in my distress, but I cry out in my victory. I give you praise and honor and glory. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, church. We need to break that spirit of pride in us. Hallelujah. God, I bless your name. 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 Come on, that's it. He that the Son is set free is free indeed. I bless you, mighty God. Woo! Come on, let me hear your war cry. Give him a shout. Hallelujah! 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 Woo! Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. They say that the children of Israel incorporated clapping into their worship for this reason. The sounds of hands clapping reminded them of their chains breaking when he set them free from the, the bondage of Egypt. So right now, I want you to clap your hands and I want you to think about every chain that it has broken off of your life. Woo! Hallelujah! Yes! 
used to be a drug addict, but I'm free. I used to be a liar, but I'm free. I used to be a thief, but I'm free. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 I lift my hands to you in surrender. I lift my hands to you in surrender, oh God. I bless you. I bless you, mighty God. 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 Yes. Oh, hallelujah. That's it. That's it, man. Lift up those holy hands. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. 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 Come on, I know this is a little unorthodox, but we've just gotten a little too orthodox. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I bless you, mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah! Yes! Hallelujah! Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 On my way to church this morning, I, I was listening to the radio, and I heard an old song I haven't heard in many years, and I thought it was so appropriate this morning. It was an old Phillips Craig and Dean song, and it said, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. I'm not going to throw this on the band. They probably couldn't play that, but just off with no notice, but it said, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you. And then he said this, I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it. Because it's all about you. Who cares if it's a new song, if it's the coolest jam? Who cares if everybody else is singing it? Who cares if it's my genre of music? Who cares who the worship leader is or who the band is? I'm sorry, God, for what I made it. Because it's all about you. I'm coming back 
Praise him in this house. Amen. Let's just conclude this service with a praise. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. I bless you. I worship you. I worship you. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's so good, amen. And isn't it amazing how quickly we just get distracted, right? We're not, it's not because we're bad, we're just humans. We get so distracted that it's everything is about him, amen. Father, thank you today for reminding me that you fight my battles. And sometimes I just need to stand still and lift my hands and my voice and let you go to work, God. Lord, forgive me when I make worship something it's not. Forgive me when I've personalized it and made it my own agenda. Forgive me, God, for not giving you my best every time I come to the house of the Lord. God, I want to incorporate praise and worship in my prayer life. I want to incorporate praise in my car when I'm on my way to work, when I'm on my way home, when I feel discouraged. I want to worship you in praise. God, every time I come to the house of God, I want to remember that not only does my praise bring reward, but sometimes, like it was with David for Saul, sometimes my praise sets other people free. So God, let me give you my best. Every time I come, as if this were my last church service, God, I want to give you my best because it's you and you alone. It's all about you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Why don't you hug somebody's neck? Tell them it's all about him. You're dismissed. We will see you next Sunday. God bless you. Enjoy your small group this week.